Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, today, we are going to be talking about what is a safe withdrawal rate today. Like my episode last week, I have another article here in this Morning Star magazine sent to advisors that I think is really, really good and asks some great questions. In prior podcast episodes, I've talked about the Uncle Scrooge method, as I like to call it, versus your piles of cash method, versus your streams of income method. And this article focuses on the piles of cash, Uncle Scrooge method of having a safe retirement. So the idea being, what can retirees draw from their portfolio and ensure that it's gonna last forever and ever and ever so that they they have their money outlive them rather than them outlive their money. And we know, hey, 2022, years like that, those can be scary for a retiree where maybe your portfolio drops 14, 15, 16%. And then on top of that, your costs just went up like 10% in the last year. This whole idea of sequence risk, basically the idea of encountering difficult market conditions early in retirement, right? I mean, th- this could be scary for someone where maybe your, your money isn't gonna last you for the rest of your life. And the good news, the silver lining being that stock values declined last year, bond yields have increased for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Guess what? Things look better now if you're a retiree because you have those much higher yields, particularly if you have a safer portfolio. So what Morningstar did is they employed a number of different ideas and tools and alternative withdrawal strategies just to see what could it look like to make sure that your money can last you beyond your own life. And so they started with a 50-50 portfolio stocks to bonds and a 30-year anticipated time horizon and using a simulation of, you know, let's make sure I have a 90% confidence that I am not going to outlive my money. So in this case, they're using a fixed withdrawal method. And they used some of those those classic withdrawals. You hear about the 4% rule, they use 3.8%. And they found that you could still dial down your stock exposure all the way down to 30% and you'd be fine at 3.8%. If someone had a shorter time horizon, then you could definitely do a higher 
withdrawal rate. This is all, of course, depending upon the size of someone's portfolio, what their income needs are, and stuff like that. So th those were the kind of things that they did. They assumed 30-year stock returns between 6% and 11%. They assumed bond returns between 3% and 5%, things like that. Now, let's say that you know what, maybe that doesn't work as you push up inflation assumptions and stuff like that. And what are some other alternative strategies you could do besides just drawing out a flat 3.8% per year in retirement? Well, what a research showed was that retirees often spend the most in their early years of retirement, but then they gradually reduce spending, maybe elevating spending again in the later years of retirement to pay for long-term healthcare costs. And so the scenario that we were just discussing prior was flat. It's assuming that your spending is at that flat percentage. Well, instead, if you are adjusting it, from maybe a higher withdrawal rate, let's say instead of 2.8% or 3.8%, they're using 4.3, but then it ends up declining to like 2.8%, then you end up making it just fine. They also tested uh, what if you do a 10% adjustment any year that there are investment losses? What if you said, forego any inflation adjustment because normally let's say you've been drawing out 100 bucks a year well the next year you're going to draw out 103. well what if you didn't do that to preserve the the purchasing power of your assets or what if you set up guardrails meaning setting up an initial withdrawal percentage and then you adjust subsequent withdrawals annually based on the portfolio performance. So essentially every year you're revisiting how much you're drawing out. So rather than taking out $80,000 a year and adjusting that by inflation every year, which is typically what a lot of advisors do in their financial planning software, what if you do those guardrails? Alternatively, what if you did a required minimum distribution method where you divide your portfolio value by life expectancy, which means essentially every single year, your withdrawal rate as a percentage is going up and up and up because you're not expecting to live as long. And now for a commercial break. Every year, about this time of the year, I have physicians asking me, Dave, I hate the taxes I'm paying. How can I lower my taxes? How can I understand what the heck is going on here? Well, that's why we have put together a tax cheat sheet that really has almost everything that you'd ever want to know about taxes. Two-page document, super simple. I put together a few videos to walk you through it. All you have to do to receive this awesome document is tax the word cheat sheet, all one word, C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to 833-343-2986. If you want to get your copy of the 2023 tax cheat sheet, make sure to text the word, all one word, cheat sheet, C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T, to 
2986. Nothing better you can do for yourself than to get educated on taxes. And so, my friends, make sure to download that cheat sheet again. You can text all one word cheat sheet to 833-243-2986. And now, back to the show. So here were the results that they found of using what they call the fixed real rate, which is that 3.8% flat versus the 10% reduction, which means in bad years, essentially you're reducing your withdrawals versus foregoing inflation versus the guardrails approach versus the required minimum distribution versus giving yourself an inflation haircut. What was interesting was the best two strategies were the fixed real, the traditional method of you're taking out 3.8% a year, and then you increase that with inflation every year, as well as the inflation haircut was tied with it, actually. So essentially, you're, you're giving yourself not as much money as time goes on but they actually used a higher withdrawal rate, in that case of 4.3%. The worst strategy actually was the required minimum distribution strategy. That, of course, because you're, you're planning on trying to run out of your assets, basically you ran out of your assets, whereas all the other ones, you had a cushion versus what if your expenses were higher than you thought. And then the other ones were kind of in the middle. The 10% reduction worked well in bad years. That ended up with like $1.8 million, which was right next to the 1.9 million. The foregoing inflation also did pretty well. The, uh, the guardrails had the highest withdrawal rate of 5.3%, but was right towards the bottom of ending value. So what I get from this article if, if we're going to put it out there is open your mind to the possibility that if you're using the piles of cash mentality, you don't necessarily just have to rely on taking out 3% or 4% a year. Obviously, the lower the percentage that you shoot for, the more and more likely that your money is going to outlive you rather than you outlive your money. If you are wanting to say, you know what, I don't care about leaving anything. I want my last penny to be done the day I die, then the required minimum distribution method might be best for you. And so as, as a financial advisor, thinking about these things, really, I tend to lean more towards something that is kind of like the fixed real, but realizing that in certain cases for certain folks, you know what, they might be better off using one of these other methods, which many of these things could be used in a financial planning software to help to model the people, hey, how does this compare this method of the fixed real versus the 10% reduction method look like for me? Always keep in mind, there are three or four main variables in a financial plan when we look at these kinds of things which are so important. Number one being, of course, what are the assets that you have? 
and the rate of return assumptions you're making on those assets. That's a huge variable. Second variable being, what are your living expenses? And are those accurate? So many people I talk to as they're preparing for retirement, they look at some basic bills, but they're not considering how stuff happens, like your water heater is gonna go out, or you gotta replace your car, or you're gonna need a new roof, or maybe you wanna have a little bit of money to give to kids or grandkids. People don't think about those things. Third thing being inflation. What inflation assumptions are you making? If you're going with a low inflation rate of 2%, 4% could kill that same plan on the living expenses we assumed. And the other major variables being, what do you assume is gonna happen with government entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare. If you're retiring early, how much are you planning to have for medical expenses and having to fill in the insurance gap until you hit Medicare eligible age, which currently is 65. So those are really the major levers that they're not fully addressing in this article that are particular to you. So as you look at a financial plan and you look at some of these different methods, make sure you're looking at the whole holistic thing and those four big levers so you know what to pull on and really deciding, you know what, I think this is the best scenario for me, but let me be aware of this other scenario of what if this happened. So I encourage you, my friends, really look at projections, look at multiple projections, look at five, six, seven, eight different scenarios so you make the best education guess on what would end up working for you. And I think that kind of hit this nail on the head. And I would love to hear from you in terms of, have you ever even looked at running scenarios for yourself? Why or why not have you done that? What softwares are you using to run these kind of scenarios if you are doing them? Would love to hear from you, my friends, in terms of what you are planning, what kind of withdrawal rate, what assumptions you're making and living expenses and rates of return, and curious to hear about your financial plan. Make sure to reach out to me, Dave, at daviddeniston.com so we can chat and discuss and connect. And of course, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to give you 30 minutes for free to give you my own opinion. Looking forward to hearing from you and we'll talk again soon. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. 
2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an additional insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.